Alright, Mike, you ready? My chi has been charged. Okay. Anthology. I am your host, Neil Cordray. I'm joined this week just by Mike. I know Mike. Yeah, we don't have the one true Ben. He is. Uh, he couldn't. He couldn't finish watching it. He ran out of time. So we're going to talk about Iron Fist season two. Real yeah. life OP. Yep. It's almost like you know having a responsibility, and I think he traveled a bit. Like I think he went and visited his mom or something, and. Yeah, you know, families. Yeah, it's almost... It's, it's, it's almost, almost like they're more important than a podcast. Yeah, it's, it's almost like I'm the <laughs> only person who, to whom this podcast, like, has direct, immediate significance because I'm the person who works on it. Like, I'm not trying to say that you don't care about it, just, like, it's partially, like, my job because two people paid me to make it. So, in any case... By the way, if you'd like to pay me to make this podcast, check us out at patreon.com slash working theory. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about Iron Fist Season 2. It was... Uh, way better than Season 1. Way better than Season 1. Low bar, one. but they yeah. cleared it significantly. Um, well, well, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, first, we have a bunch of geek news. We can't really call it Week in Geek anymore because we're bi-weekly. If you have a better idea for a name, send me an email. <laughs> Geek news and um, it's like Attack of the Trailers. Yeah, there's like seven. <laughs> well, I mean, everyone's kind of gearing up for a lot of uh, a lot of Christmas release trailers and things right. along those lines. And of like, course, video game wise, fall is coming very well. We're, broke, we're in. We're all it's in Broketober. Fall. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even paid attention to game releases. Well, usually November's the big month, though. Yeah. In my in my experience. Well. I don't know. I've always heard it referred to as Broketober. At least all the obvious games yeah. come out in November, if nothing else. Oh, uh, You've got, you know, your Maddens, your Call of Duties, mm-hmm. your Halos, your whatever. Whoopee. The early releases. Um, in gaming news, which I know we didn't actually discuss, Mike, but that's because I only just thought of it right now. Uh, the game uh, the game list for AGDQ 2018 came out, or AGDQ... The, the next uh, GDQ event uh, uh, came translate out. Translate for the audience. GDQ. Um, AGDQ is Awesome Games Done Quick. It is a week-long uh, uh, game, video game speedrunning uh, marathon for charity. I've heard of it. I just didn't know the official they name. They typically raise somewhere between $1.7 to $2 million for their for their given charity over the course of, the course of a week. Nice. Um, AGDQ... Uh, donates to the Prevent Cancer Foundation and SGDQ, which is Summer Games Done Quick, donates to uh, Doctors Without Borders. Cool. Um, the game list and the um, and the word find bla- brain find words. Um, <laughs> the game list and the schedule. And the donation incentives for which games you have to donate enough money to, to see them play has apparently gone live as of last night. Cool. Or at least that's when my friend Vince said something on Facebook because he loves AGDQ, and so do I, but... See, I was... when I He's, saw, he's the one who obsesses over it. <laughs> when I saw that, you know, the, the headlines, the talk about the event and everything, at first I was, I was excited because I was thinking, oh, hey, I could, like 
get some of these games that I'm never going to have time to play in my backlog and just kind of see what happens real quick, but it's not that. It's a speedrun thing. So I'm like, yeah, well, you don't crap. typically actually get an idea of what happens in the game because there, there's, there are, there's about two, maybe three different flavors of speedrun. Yeah. There's one where they sequence break the hell out of the game and do things that, like, if you normally play through the game, you, like, if, if you just take that, you miss three quarters of the game. Right. Uh, there's games where they completely go out of bounds and just jump around out of bounds, which are the most boring speedruns I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And then there's the speedruns where they just have practiced and are so fucking good at the game that they do things that you would think are impossible, but are uh, but actually are, and actually right. play through the majority of the game in the same at the same time. Those are the best ones. Right, right. Like the Legend of Zelda, um, like the Legend of Zelda hundred percent runs are some of the best ones to watch because they have to do everything. Right. As opposed to just sequence breaking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that would make it. That would be more interesting. To at me. the same time, those runs are also three to four hours long. Right. Uh, so. <laughs> You can usually tell how good the speedrun's going to be by the estimate of how long it will take them to to do, yeah, and the size of the game. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is like if I I haven't really watched any of them aside from just like a few little like you know minutes here and there like mm-hmm. highlight things on over the years occasionally. Yeah. But if I were to watch, I think I would watch like a few long ones than a lot of shorter ones because mm-hmm. there'd only be a few certain games I'd be interested in seeing, yeah. you know. And that's part of the fun is... And there are some games know. where the speed runs short because it's an NES game and you can beat it in 30 minutes one way or right. another. Yeah. Like, watching Mario's, Mario level... Like, the first Mario game speed run. Oh, yeah. That's a classic. I mean... You can beat it in seven minutes. Well, and then it gets ridiculous <laughs> with Mario Brothers 3 because of the warp zones. Well, I guess the first Mario had warp zones, too, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. And I think the record's like yeah, seven twelve. That, that, that first cave level, you, you run across the ceiling and then mm-hmm. get the warp... Yeah, yep. I think the world record's like seven minutes twelve seconds to beat the entirety of, yeah. of Mario Brothers. In any case, GDQ is coming out. Uh, I mean, it's in twenty nineteen. It's going to be in. Uh, it's going to be in. You know, January. But the game list is out. So, there you are. Anticipation. Well, um, now a bunch of movie news. <laughs> yeah, we d- there is a ton of movie trailers. Um, we have Dark Phoenix trailer. That's probably one of the, the geekiest of them, of course, because that's an X-Men thing. Um, I actually haven't seen it yet. Um, I, As I mentioned before we started um, you know, recording, I'm kind of lukewarm on X-Men as a franchise right now. I loved Logan. That was amazing. But that wasn't really an X-Men movie per se. It was a Logan movie. Yeah, exactly. It was a Logan movie. Uh, it wasn't an ensemble thing. And it was obviously very different uh, tone in a good way than the typical, you know, X-Men movie. Of course, it's hard to say what a typical X-Men movie is, right? Because they run the gamut from amazing to terrible to okay. True, true. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you gotta, you gotta kind of swing for the fences sometimes and try things that are very difficult and or a lot of people may think will not work. I mean, obviously, Deadpool has that story, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, that was more of the studios and people thinking it wouldn't work as opposed to the fans because the, the reaction, the fan reaction from the leaked test footage and everything is what caused that to become a thing in the yeah. first place. But, yeah, I'm again, I'm very ambivalent. I'm just kind of like, okay, I, I hope it's good. I guess we'll find out when it comes out. I'm not really anticipating it a lot. Despite my, you know, um, potential nostalgia 
which I managed to avoid because mm -hmm. <laughs> I loved the X-Men cartoon series in the 90s and all that. And they, they actually did a really good job with the Dark Phoenix saga. If anything, they should be, uh, you know, kind of taking notes from that. <laughs> and it's kind of a weird situation too, right? Because one of, uh, one of the most universally regarded as worst of the X-Men movies, X-Men 3, Last Stand, did kind of a faux Dark Phoenix thing. It wasn't really Dark Phoenix with a capital D, but it was essentially Dark Phoenix. It was yeah. Jean Grey go getting way too powerful and causing crazy shit to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Obviously, you know, you don't but have now, space instead, cosmic stuff going but on. But now, instead, Jean Grey's going to be played by Cersei Lannister, so... <laughs> I love how everyone just calls her Cersei Lannister. <laughs> Lena Headley, I believe. Well, it's, yeah. uh, it's the... It's the Carlton Banks curse. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one calls uh, Alfonso Rivera right. anything but Carlton, Carlton Banks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised I was able to get that name. But right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a funny story where apparently um, he went to Will Smith and was like, dude, you need to get your character's name, name to be Will Smith because if, if this show is big... Everyone's just going to know you by whatever your character's name is. I talk about prophetic, huh? I know, right? <laughs> he owes Which is why Will that. Smith is primarily known as Will Smith, because he played Will Smith in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't have to, you know... And it's not exactly a tricky name to remember. It's true. It's not, you know, it's not one of those three-name things with a lot of pronunciation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just two simple names. So yeah, Dark Phoenix, that's a thing that's happening. Uh, there's also a Creed 2 trailer. I haven't even got around to seeing the first Creed, which I heard was a really I good heard movie. it was a really fantastic movie. Yeah, it's on my radar. It's just, man, not enough hours in the day for all these movies and shows and shit. People often ask me, what would you do if you won the lottery, Neil? Catch up on all the movies I've missed. <laughs> yeah, just sit home <laughs> while the interest accrues in your account and watch all the shit you've been trying to do. Yes. That, that would, you know, it'd be at least a year of that to get caught up. <laughs> I don't know. Eight hours a day, you could watch four or five movies... You'd want to break it up, though. You wouldn't want to get too, you know, hermity. Anyway, um, what else we got here? Uh, speaking of movie trailers, there's... I don't really know anything about it, but uh, uh, there's this movie called Hostile that's supposed to be like a post-apocalyptic zombie-esque type thing. Not like a traditional zombie thing, but just that's an aspect of the of the setting. There are these mm -hmm. creatures that come out at night. I guess that's different than zombies because they're, like, nocturnal. Zombies aren't necessarily nocturnal. Um... And then Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. I didn't really even care to see the first one. I don't have anything against it. I saw it. the first Fantastic Beasts. It was really good. I Here's my thing with this. I saw all the Harry Potter movies. Mm -hmm. um, just I mean, part of it was just curiosity because it was just such a cultural phenomenon. And also, my wife is a big Harry Potter fan, mm -hmm. and so is her sister. So it was convenient because her sister had all the movies. Mm -hmm. So we just borrowed them, and I knocked them out over the course of you know a few weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, they're good movies, and some are better than others, but I'm not, like, I'm not a huge fan. The books are way better. It's not like, it's not like a franchise, like, I don't know, um, like, Star Wars or something that's just, like, that, ca that captured my imagination the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm sure part of that is when I saw the movies, but still, it's just, I don't know, there's something about it where it's, like... I enjoyed it, but I'm just kind of done. I'm not mm -hmm. going to rewatch the movies a bunch. I'm not going to eagerly look forward to these spin-off movies or books or whatever. I just right. I just don't care that much. 
That's and fair. more power to the people that do. I'm glad that, you know... I'll go see it. I'm glad okay. that it's entertaining and inspiring them and all that stuff, but I'm just kind of like a... Uh, I'm just kind of a passive observer with that whole, like, yeah. phenomenon. I really liked the guy who they got to play... Uh, I suddenly can't think of the character's name. But it's the main protagonist? Yeah. Yeah. He seemed it's like he was Amanda. a good actor. He was a good actor. Yeah. He was very enjoyable as a sort of... He kind of reminded me of someone playing the Doctor from Doctor Who, which I know uh, Mike's glies, yeah. eyes gets glazed gla- yeah. over now. But he had that. He very well, much oddly had enough, that. I know what you mean in this circumstance because I've seen enough yeah. like footage and blur- like clips and stuff. He had here that sort of. He had that sort of energy to him, like a fresh faced, like on wonder kind of thing, or uh, no, more sort of a, uh, more, actually more of a goofy Doctor. Oh, so like. Okay. Hi, I hi, I'm 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 here and now and now cre- and now the insanity begins, right. but it's okay because I will fix it all by the end of the movie. So <laughs> like magical fish out of magical water, maybe a little bit. Kind of. But more sort of like kind of like to to, to find a, a, an analogy that works for you, kinda of like Mary Poppins. I was thinking Chris Farley where like he is a klutz, and everything goes wrong, but somehow it turns out okay, and he's this lovable chap. Not, not quite, because Newt's commander isn't inept. Right. Just when he shows up, madness Shit follows, follows in him. his wake. So it's kind of like a Jameson and railing against Spider-Man, and people mm-hmm. talking, people theorizing about Batman. How it's like, oh, did he, did he awaken some mass hysteria? Kind of. it, it's hard to explain. Show. Yeah. Because I typically, imagine. he also shows up. Not he actually shows up slightly in reaction to the madness, right? But is also part of the madness. Yeah, because one of those chicken or the egg. It's things. hard. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to explain. That's why I say one of the best examples that I can think of for anyone who hasn't seen Doctor Who, specifically the Matt Smith Doctor Who, is to think of it kind of like Mary Poppins. Yeah. She shows up and things get weird. <laughs> right, right. Which in se- a good way. It's a perfect segue. Uh, because, because there's going to be a Poppins new Mary Poppins movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Segway. I didn't entirely plan that, but I thought, oh, hey, this will work. You sly dog. Uh, but yeah, so is that movie, uh, is that Anne Hathaway that's playing her? Or? I think it was. I don't know. Apparently it's like actually a sequel. Or no, like, wait a minute. Isn't it is it Elizabeth Blunt? I can't remember who's playing her now. I don't know. It's one of those things that's just kind of like, I'm tangentially aware of it, but I'm not, like, anticipating it, per se. I do, I'm just, just from a pure, like, uh, academic standpoint, that it's going to be fascinating to see how, like... Emily Blunt. Is it is Emily Blunt, Poppins. okay. Dick Van Dyke is going to show up again, uh, though not as Burt. Yeah. Um, he's apparently playing Miss, uh, Mr. Dawes Jr., I, I'm so. interested to see how they'll do that for a new generation, you know? Bert? Similarities and differences. No, I just mean yeah, no, Bert. That was his name. Mary Poppins in general. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Apparently, um, he she comes and visits Jane and Michael Banks because Michael's because Michael is apparently turning into his dad. Ah, uh, so this is a sequel in the traditional sense. The kids are older. Now. Yes, the kids are older now. Interesting. interesting. And she is coming back to the same damn ta- da- damn house. Yeah. On the same damn street in the same damn London. I see. Just you know, twenty years later. Not that I'm saying London is damned. So is she going to be? Is she going to be? Is she going to look older or look the same? Then? She's going to look the same because she's practically perfect in every way. Because she's magic. Because she's a time lord. 
Right. I've heard this theory before. There is a theory there. <laughs> <laughs> to, to draw things back to Mary Poppins and, do- and the Doctor having yeah. similar... Experience. What is it with all these segues today? <laughs> it's a fleet of segues here. I guess. What else do we have? Uh, uh, Venom drops on, like, Friday? Thursday yeah. or Friday? Yeah, you can do that for, like, for other... Uh, yeah, that, that's that's horror-esque. Horror-esque, yeah. It's horror-y yeah. enough, I guess. We'll take a look. I, that's a thought. We'll see. We'll kind of we'll cross that symbiote. We were going to do there. Castlevania uh, season two for our second uh, October episode, but it doesn't drop until uh, the twenty sixth. Yeah, uh, which is a week after we'll be recording. So it's like, yep, no, we can't quite manage that. I mean, we'll we still can do see that it. the following episode. We could very well. Yeah, that'll still be a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, we have the uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Four gameplay trailer dropped recently. Which okay, that's a Whoa. Thing. I really don't care. Um, <laughs> I haven't played yearly military shooter hype. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, one of the yearly military shooters, not to be confused with Battlefield or you know whatever. <laughs> one of the th- yearly like I don't get uh, the I don't get the appeal of releasing the same game every year. Right. It is definitely too much. I feel like it should be every other year. At most. At most. <laughs> well, they're doing the thing where they were alternating studios and stuff, uh, so that would be that could be feasible with an every other year thing. But the yearly thing is uh, just well, it's it's no it's no wonder it's the same game. My God, you don't have the time to do anything but mm-hmm. iterate on the same formula. And it's like I feel like the developers should get a good you know a shout out and attaboy a kudos for managing to make good games that quickly. Now they may well, be you know, good games is arguable. Well, some of them. I think they're all enjoyable. Now, is it repetitive? Yeah. yeah. Some of them are buggy messes on, on release, too. But. Well, here's the thing. is I've, I've been out of the game for several iterations, so it's hard for me to say. Uh, and, and that's and to be fair, to, to your point, the reason I am is because the last one I played was very underwhelming, and that was Call of Duty Ghosts back in 2013 when the, uh, when the cons- current console generation launched with the original version of Xbox One and PlayStation 4, because mm-hmm. now there are these iterative things, so it's hard to know mm-hmm. when a new console generation actually begins, because we're doing this weird thing now where it's just like you're upgrading a computer instead of actually coming out with a brand new console, but I digress. Um, yeah, the franchise has kind of been all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. The first two games were really good. The third one was boring as shit. Four was amazing and what is what got it to its current insane amount of popularity now. Yeah, I mean, I'll give. Modern Warfare was a really good game. Yeah, it was amazing. But, but uh, then, they kept, then they just kept making it. It kind of becomes a parody of itself with the sequels. Um, two was a really solid game, but it was this, the story was kind of silly. Um, and, of course, the, the first Black Ops was really good. I really enjoyed the first Black Ops. I've heard that. Um, now, and Bad Company Two was apparently pretty good too. Yeah, that was a good game. Uh, Black Ops Two was was uh, was okay, but it was it was essentially just like, hey, look, we have a we have a near future future like coat of paint on it, and that's essentially it. It wasn't terribly yeah. compelling in the story department, and there wasn't a huge you know gameplay um, revolutions or anything. Uh, but anyway. I think one of these days, uh, I mean, not on a single day, but soon, I will eventually get caught up and just kind of play through the single player and then drop it like a bad habit to kind of see what's happened over the years, you know? Just knock them out quickly. Because I know I'll have fun and I'll see what happens, but then I'll just drop it like a bad habit, sometimes literally, because you don't get addicted to those multiplayer things. But yeah, anyway, well. so that's a thing. Um, yep. 
um, in other gaming news, uh, Fortnite apparently allowed, um, finally won against PS4 with cross-platform play. Yeah, that classic Goliath vs. Goliath story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do have a special uh, special place in my heart for Epic Games, though, because they did the Unreal series. And they did. They were so good, and the original Unreal Tournament is still, in my opinion, the best multiplayer FPS to date. It was just so amazing in so many ways. Unreal was a fantastic game, and honestly, here is a piece of interesting trivia that I don't know if I've shared. Go for it. I played in the closed alpha for Fortnite. Oh, okay. Well. Keep in mind, this was Fortnite Save the World, not Fortnite Battle Royale, which, like... Battle Royale was just a mode that they kind of slapped onto it. Which now has become the game. Which is the game now. Yeah. And I gotta say, Fortnite, the single the single slash you you could play it multiplayer, but it was co-op. not. Yes, yeah. the co-op, the single player to co-op experience was a lot of fun. Right. And I'm really kind of disappointed that they kind of just stopped caring about it. Yeah, well that's the thing is like uh, that, the, that concept interested me and I was gonna check it out, but then like all the crazy multiplayer esport like world domination things started happening and I usually I'm not guilty of this but I will cop to it this time usually when something becomes super popular and or obsessed about within culture or the subculture it doesn't bother me I just I'm, I'm gonna either participate or I'm not based on its own merits but I will freely admit in this case you got hipster on this yes I got hipster on it <laughs> and it was just and it was an involuntary reflex because it's not like I went around like a hipster would and be like oh hey like, I'm not into that. Mm. I don't watch television, man. Like, you know, one of those deals. Yeah. Like, I was into this band before they got popular well, three I mean, years later. That, that's my hipster cred. I played Fortnite before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's low-hanging fruit. I but... played Fortnite before you could buy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's free to play, but still. But so, I, yeah, I will freely admit, like, that completely, the, the mass, instant weird mass obsession really turned me off the idea of playing the game. Well, it, it's... If you like Battle Royale-style games, it is phenomenally good. Yeah. I don't like that kind of game. I played a little bit of it. I was like, huh, okay, yeah, I see the appeal. I'm going to have to try it one of these days just because I can. I honestly don't know if I like those kind of games. I played it for a little bit. I was like, okay, I see the appeal here. I don't like this. I'll be honest with you. Part of it is I'm afraid that if I do like it, I will be obsessed with it. And it's like, I don't want to look under that, you know... Look under those, you know. Look under the bed where the monster might be, because did you lose your mind? Did you lose your life to, to Minecraft? Oh, uh, nothing like that, no. But I did. That's the well, and again, I will see. We have a theme going here. Yeah. <laughs> that is also why I have not tried Minecraft because I see people get consumed by it, or at the very least, if they don't get consumed by it, it monopolizes their entertainment hours. And there's too many things going on for me already. I have an eclectic, you know, a group of like. Uh, shows and internet content and games and stuff that I want to maintain. I enjoy what I'm doing. I, yeah. I like going to the buffet table and taking a little of this and a little of that. Sure. I don't want my time to be consumed by one big monolithic thing. That's fair. Which is why I, you know, although I've been playing Neverwinter lately, you know, I will play it as much or as little as I feel like. It's not one of those things where I feel like I always have to be doing it. So I, I try to avoid MMOs in general. Yeah, I played. Uh... My, my thing is, I will, I've got about five or six games that I like to sort of 
rotate rotate through. Yeah. And I will play those games pretty much to the exclusion of all others for about a month. So uh, a few things, few more things to touch on. We have. Uh, Oh yeah, Netflix is in talks for Diablo animated series. Mm-hmm. So that could be really interesting if Castlevania is anything to judge by, you know. Castlevania's three episodes were really good. There are four actually. Four? Yeah. So it felt like three. Ah, uh, well, it's four. Okay. Yeah. Netflix honestly has been making a pretty, pretty makes a lot of really good original content and a lot of really shit original content. Yeah, yeah. As evidenced by the fact that they have a movie deal with Adam Sandler. Exactly. That's the thing is they, they, they kind of, they're just kind of like, they're like this weird sugar daddy that is just like throwing money at everyone. And yeah. a lot of it, a fucking lot of it. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, eventually you're going to have to pay some of this shit back. Maybe you might want to ease off on that a little bit. No, that's the thing. They're making ridiculous bank. Uh, you'd, be, you'd be surprised. Look up the numbers, dude. They, the, it's, it's a long-term thing where if everything continues to work out okay, they will. But they're 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 throwing like tens of millions of dollars at comedians like Dave Chappelle. I think they gave him fifty mil for like a couple special. Like, it's absurd the amount of money that they're spending. Like, there it's not like a movie pass situation where they're spending money they'll never have. But it it is crazy how risky they're they're doing this whole original programming strategy. Honestly, I think they need to throttle it back a little bit. At the very least. Don't give money to every person with their hand out, and you know. Anyway, I don't yeah. want to get off on a rant, but the point Fair is, enough. if if you want to, if you're interested in the whole like how the sausage is made thing, uh, with media and entertainment, look at uh, look at some of the publicly available information on Netflix and how much money they've been spending versus how much money they've been taking in, and it is, it is very crazy, very crazy. All right. Uh, what else we got? Um, there's a new Ralph breaks the internet trailer. Uh, which you appear to be lukewarm on that. Did you not like the? I, I didn't even watch. I the didn't movie. watch Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, neither did I. So <laughs> I, I hear it's good. Yeah, I've heard it was good too. Yeah, but I, it's not. It, it is not that I am lukewarm. It's just that I. Okay. Yeah, you have no reference. All right, they're, they're making another Wreck It Ralph movie. That's, that's nor, nor do I. That's a thing that they're doing. Now, <laughs> one thing I'm definitely not lukewarm on: Daredevil season three. Yeah, the trailer for that to drop, which I'm not, I'm probably not going to watch because the movie, the, the movie, the the show is going to be coming out in, in like less, two weeks. Yeah, in like a couple weeks. I mean, you know. The only thing that I am, I I did watch the trailer. Like two and a half weeks. I did watch the trailer. Um, it's a good it. Netflix original series typically make pretty good trailers because yeah. they give away almost nothing. Right. Except for one thing that'll be in the first ep- in in like definitely like at the end of the first episode. Right, right. Which is, Wilson Fisk is back. Well, I even saw that in the story, so yeah. that's no reveal for me. Yeah, yeah no. Will- it, but by the way, just it's not really revealed regardless, because everyone knew he was going to come back. Yeah, no, but he's back for this season. Right, right. This makes me happy. Right. <laughs> they- There's a lot of good fodder there for Wilson Fisk uh, wanting revenge. On Matt Murdock and Daredevil at this right, point. Right, right. And Foggy. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. That'll be interesting to see that unfold. Yeah. And of course, you know, Wilson Fisk being his fiskiest was one of the best parts of season one. So oh, man, yeah, like that's a D'Onofrio fucking killed. That's that why role. I'm so thrilled. Just because He's so good. He did such a great job, and then season two is like, hey, it's the hand. Right. Whoopee. But you know, they also had the Punisher, which was awesome. Yeah. 
but yeah, the hand can be very, you know, uh, generic and uninteresting. I it's mean, just all these variations. There's like a reason the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles fought the Foot Clan. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But, that uh, was yeah. pretty crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Um, I think we're out of news. Yep. Have we killed enough time so we can talk about Iron Fist? I think we've killed enough time. Okay, well, Mike, what's the spoiler of the week? Ah, uh, yeah, speaking of Iron Fist, spoiler of the week is Danny Rand is alive. Holy shit! I know, right? No way! He okay. survived the plane crash, you would have guessed. Yep. So, um, standard review procedure, no spoilers followed by spoilers, um, with some music in between. Um, I mean, let's start the no spoil the no spoilers thing with right. a, with the tiniest spoiler, which is I really like the person they got and the way she acts acts to for the person who plays Typhoid Mary. Uh, hmm. Typhoid Mary. She's a she's a comic book character. No, no, no. I know the character. I, I think she was Typhoid. Maybe I'm thinking Bloody. Maybe she was Bloody Mary. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure. No, it's her ty- name was Typhoid well, Mary. It's Typhoid Mary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm apparently having a brain fart here because I don't even know who you're referring to. What? Which character is Walker? This? Walker. Walker slash Mary, the one with the the, the one with the dissociative. Oh my god! That was supposed to be Typhoid. That was Mary. Typhoid Mary. I did not make that connection at all. Yep. At all. Well, I love the character, but I did not make that connection at all. Yep, no, that, that's totally Typhoid Mary. Wow, okay. But in the comics... She was a mutant with, yeah. with uh, telekinetic powers. But what, did she have any sort of... Yes, she had multiple personalities. Oh, Absolutely. See, this I didn't realize. I Okay. It's been so long since I've seen the character in comics, I didn't realize that was a thing, and that's why I didn't make the mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. But no, I really like... Talk about acting. Holy shit. Yeah, she, she did a fantastic job it. of playing two different characters. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, and that's, again, it's not really much of a spoiler because you immediately see this happen. Like, that's how they open the show, basically. Yeah, uh, she. it's not... They don't really make the reveal, it's but... It's not fully revealed until, obvious. like, episode three. It's pretty but, obvious what's going on. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, it's, it's still a minor spoiler to say, oh, hey, it's Typhoid Mary. And... But... Just, Man. Once again, Marvel, Netflix Marvel, good casting. Yes. Amazing. Like, it's... I don't even know why I keep having to... Like, why I keep saying it's, this. It's just an obligatory it's, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. even the guy they got to play Danny in... Yeah. What's his name? The Game of Thrones guy. Yeah. Anyhow, that guy. Yeah. The guy, the guy who's playing Danny Rand. He has never been a bad casting decision. He was poorly directed in the first season. Yeah, yeah. He was poorly well, written. He was poorly written and poorly directed. The I was first season. I was skeptical of him in just because of the physical, the physicality. But apparently, the character's not that big either in the comics, right? No, no. He's always been wiry. Yeah, yeah. Which I can't say without referencing a with referencing the yeah. replacements. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, no. He's definitely he's kind of he's he's come into the role, and as you said. Most of it was just bad directing, bad writing. Yeah. It's not like, you know, he, he can act. Yeah. But you can only act with the material you're given. Exactly. I, I, go, I always go back to Hayden Christensen, who's I'll, also not a bad actor. And my thought was pretty similar, because I was going to say <laughs> Natalie Portman in the prequels. Who's <laughs> <laughs> a great actor. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah. Um, not too many new characters in this season. Right. Um, and, that, by the way, that's a big theme of the season is development. Yeah. Development of con- continuing the stories of the characters yeah. and taking them in interesting directions. Everyone's getting, everyone's kind of growing up a bit. Right. 
and now, often the the path to that isn't a beeline. It's like a weird serpentine thing that just keeps going back and forth, and it's two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. Yep. But you know, people, yeah, there's definitely arcs to to characters, and they they do them in sometimes uh, little mm. less predictable ways. Lumichim still kind of steal steal every ship every uh, yeah. thing like. Lord is still my favorite character. Yeah, he's yeah, he's just because he's a bastard. He's such but a but he mess. knows it. <laughs> yeah, well, and and that's the main difference in season one and season two with him is in season one he's a bastard and he knows it. In season two he's a bastard, he knows it, but but he, he's trying he's to trying change. to he's trying to not be such a bastard. Yes, and seeing that struggle and it, from the biggest event to the smallest like detail or word choice or mm-hmm. like posture is fascinating to see that unravel. Yeah, unfold. And by the way, this is kind of a spoiler. That's not a spoiler at all. It's just a, there is an obligatory uh, Turk cameo. In yes, the, the Turk. I was like, hey, all right, the Turk cameo. It happens in every show, so it's not really a spoiler. Well, it's the Turk cameo, and it's the. Uh, uh, where was there was there has to have been Stan Lee's face somewhere. Oh, you know, I didn't notice it. If it was a thing, which does remind me of a very quick, uh, completely like separate, absolute massive tangent. Yeah. There was a Stan Lee cameo in the Spider-Man game on PS4. I heard about that. Yeah. He his he they mocapped for him and got him to record a single line. That's great. It was so great. <laughs> what, what's the line? Uh, just like something along the lines. He he's playing a restaurant owner. It's like come back whenever you t- to, to you two want. I always liked you guys. I, I was always rooting for you guys. He's talking to Peter Parker and Mary Jane. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> You crazy kids! Yeah, no, it was just it was like, but it was—it came completely. I wasn't expecting. Holy fuck, Stanley yeah. cameo! Well, that's that's half the power of the cameo is the, yeah. the unexpected nature of it. Well, I, and I mean, you expect a Stanley cameo in, in Marvel movies. You weren't—I ex- wasn't expecting it in a Marvel game. Well, sure. <coughs> I just mean unexpected, and you don't know when it's going to happen and how it's going to. That's happen. true. But anyway, okay, back, yes. Yes, off Turk the get, I, I, Turk, the guy playing Turk must have in his contract <laughs> that he gets to cameo in every single month. And I, I really, this was one of my favorites. I really enjoyed this one. Um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll talk about it in more detail later because then I'll be considered spoilers. Yeah. But suffice it to say, I really enjoyed this Turk cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, over, so overall impressions. Um, so... I still feel like we kind of need to use Iron Fist good because I do still feel that of the of the Netflix Marvel offerings, Iron Fist is still the weakest. Yeah, it is still the weakest. But I think now you really need to have more of an Iron Fist season one good yes, descriptor that because is fair. season two, like. Let's see. How best to describe this? Well, I have a quick analogy that I think might be helpful. Uh, in Mario Kart, when you get shrunk by the lightning thing, and everyone just passes you, and they're super far ahead of you, and you're, you're still in the race, but you're super far behind. You can't even see the carts anymore. That's Iron Fist, Iron Fist Season 1. Iron Fist Season 2, okay, you're back to normal size, and you catch up, and you're still last place, but you can see all the racers, and you're getting close. <laughs> okay, you know, I'll, I'll take that. I was going for a food analogy of some sort, like <laughs> comparing, like, McDonald's to 
Steak and Shake in terms of burgers. Uh, They're both junk, but yeah. one is is demonstrably really better junk. junk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a good one too. Sure. But I'm not. I I actually like. I think actually you would do well to just watch Iron Fist season two and the season one recap. Yes, I agree. You don't need to watch Iron Fist season one. Yeah, you ever get the again. gist. Yeah, and and but you don't get like you don't get turned off to certain aspects of it. You don't get like slogging through mm-hmm. all these things. And that was a big issue with season one too, is the pacing and editing. Oh yeah, it was just and all was, over the. And place. there was still some problems with that in early episodes. Ben apparently just couldn't get through season t- episode two, which is why he was here. Like I, part, I think part of it was due to time, but I think part of it was also due to be like, uh, yeah. And I had to skip through per- parts of episode three because I was just like, okay, they're they're doing this some more. They're being awkward. I don't know. I didn't really have that issue at all. That's fair. Maybe maybe season one just desensitized me <laughs> to how sloggy things could be. Well, so. I skipped a whole hell of a lot of season one, too. Oh, I, I, I did not. I was in it for the I couldn't time. slog through it. Yeah. In this one, I, I had to skip forward a little I mean, bit I just have a higher three. tolerance than you guys, I guess, in A general. little bit, yeah. I'm just more patient when it comes to this stuff. Not right. to say that I'm, you know, oh, look at me. I'm so... I'm a paragon of virtue, but just the way I consume certain entertainment or media, I guess. I'm more predisposed to the slow burn kind of thing. Fair enough. But yeah, um, overall impressions uh, for me, I obviously both agree it's way better than the first one, and the pacing's better, and the editing's mm-hmm. better. Uh, although there's maybe a little bit of those issues in the initial few episodes. A lot um, of people, a lot of people online and their reviews of it were still like, uh, the writing is still not great. Well, I thought it was pretty good. It was a, it wasn't bad. The problem is the premise. Well, I was going to say the problem is at this point you have a tone. Yeah. That is established from season one. Yeah, there's that. So you kind of have to maintain that tone. Yeah. At least until you can get around to changing it enough. Yeah, sounds like a phone. Um. So, yeah, the writing is still kind of eh, but that's because they're working with what they've got. Right. But, you know, it's... Honestly, I thought it was... So, to give it, like, praise, I would rewatch this season. Right. I would not rewatch season. One. I would agree with that analysis. Yeah, I would definitely not rewatch the first season. I would rewatch the second. I'm season. actually kind of like when when new seasons of Netflix shows come out, I I I tend to rewatch most of them. That's that's the Shakespearean question: is uh, to recap or to rewatch? That is the question. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll watch. I I might you know when season three comes out. I very well might take the time to watch season two over again. See, sometimes I also split the difference, and I'll watch the final episode of the previous season. Yeah. Kind of get a feel of That's where a things are. Final off. episode too. We'll get to that. Oh yeah. I another thing. Another. Uh, I mean, we already talked about the amazing acting of the the typhoid Mary character. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy. I, I thought that was interesting in and of itself of how they were able to have a character who had multiple personalities but was also not a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see how people, like, 
uh, treated her and reacted to her before and after they know that and how different people approached it and like it was really fascinating character study to see how she operated under those circumstances and I, I really enjoyed there was a lot more for obvious reasons there's a lot more Colleen this season yep. and I thought she did a great job mm-hmm. and I love the like I don't know the I don't know what you call the female bromance. What what is the term there? The bestie relationship or whatever with her and uh, and Misty Knight. Yeah, I don't know what the, it would be a BFF romance. Yeah, the BFF thing. Um, I I thought that I was guess. really cool. Yeah, they, they and had, I just love Misty Knight in general because she had, just is the most sardonic, sarcastic. Yeah, just they badass. had great they had great chemistry. You know, daughters of the dragon can sometimes be could sometimes be a thing. Who knows? Right, right. Um, yeah, I feel like you know that's part of the thing where they're kind of like they're kind of dangling that to see who bites. You know, mm-hmm. and again, kind of like how they did that with uh, with in the latest season of Luke Cage, they had Danny come in and they did a you know heroes for hire type deal where they yep, teamed for up for just one episode but yeah, still it was a good one-off ep- thing it's a goddamn good episode <laughs> it was great it was fantastic um but yeah i thought there's a lot of uh, a lot of cool you know character development in general and yeah and again like you said the the Meachams tend to steal the show and that's the ultimate love hate thing because it's like you love to hate them and there are moments where they redeem themselves sometimes and there's this weird like it's like you, you don't quite know where it's going to go, and that's kind of the part of the fun of it. Yeah. You know, it's like... Because, like, in the first season, she was a more sympathetic character than Ward was. Mm-hmm. And now they completely flipped yep, it. Yep, they flipped it. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like season two has been, in more than one, uh, in more than one sense, a season about finding itself. Right. Because, like, that's what Danny's doing. He's finding himself. That's what Ward's trying to do. He's trying to find himself. Yep. Everyone, like, in the series themselves, a lot of people are trying to find yep. and define their, their selves. And the antagonist And then the well. series is doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a very meta narrative, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, a good observation. Um, and Davos is fun. Yeah. yeah he's, he's just so goddamn intense. He's fun unless you get on his bad side. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, just from a from a uh, you know not being part of the universe thing. Yeah, it's just an it's an interesting character, yeah. and you know like the delusion there, mm-hmm. like how he manages to convince himself that he is righteous and everything, and it's like it really just boils down to mommy issues. <laughs> when you really get down to the you boil yeah. it down to the basic thing, it's just hey, he had crazy parents. Well, not just mommy issues. Parent issues. Yeah, parental issues. Because say. his mom pushed him hard and his dad was, what's his name, the, the yeah. Thunderer. Right. It's like, yeah, you're just gonna, you're just kind of gonna be fucked up, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> yeah, definitely one of those, uh, one of those characters defined by his parents. And that's, that's, that's another interesting thing, too, is that, um, you know, obviously for, you know, what happened to Danny and, you know, both pre and post becoming Iron Fist, um, there's a lot of you know in his wealth that he inherited and everything his parents had a lot to do with like his identity and circumstances earlier on but he is completely broken away from that and that's something you don't see too often well, I mean kind of his dad was apparently a humanitarian yeah and he maintains that throughout well, that's true as sort of a throughput but it's like he chose to do that and it wasn't so much just like oh I feel like I have to do this because of my at least that's the vibe I'm yeah no that's that that's fair it was more of a conscious decision after having time to you know literally and figuratively meditate on these things he lived his life in a manner that he saw fit uh, that he he saw as best but also did did so in a manner that 
was modeled for him by his father. Right, right. So, yeah, but I just I get the I get that vibe more of uh, you know just him kind of deciding like okay I'm inspired by this and this will somewhat inform what I am specifically choosing to yep. do as opposed to a character like say. Bruce Wayne slash Batman, who's was like, oh, I literally have to do this. My parents are I'm, dead. I'm compelled to do this. And, you know, in a way, it's pathetic. Yeah. You know? And that's what's interesting is he will openly acknowledge that on occasions when he's talking to, like, Alfred or, you know, uh, Dick Grayson, Bat- uh, Robin or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway, I don't want to get on a whole yeah. Batman tangent, but the point is... Uh, I thought that, you know, the first season, because of the crappy writing and stuff, the character was just whiny and not very interesting, and now he's matured, and, uh, or at least is matured. He's, he's maturing. <coughs> he's in the process, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not an overnight thing, yeah. obviously, but he's a lot more interesting because he has a lot more agency. Oh, he, we completely forgot a thing about this geek, about the geek news. No, what's that? Telltale Games went under. Oh, yeah, that's pretty significant. Sorry, yeah, that, 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 just a quick, uh... Quick, another aside. It reminded yeah. me because was maturing is present progressive tense. We had this, ar- <laughs> and I had this argument with about with uh, yeah. with Mike about. He said it was going bankrupt. It was going. It was shutting down. And I said no, it's shut down. And well, yeah, argument's a strong word yeah. though. It was more of a it was more of a clarification. Of, yeah. yeah, they are like, you know, going bye bye immediately. It's not yes. like a controlled demolition. It's just they blew the fuck up. Yep, they went bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, back to the gory details. Just uh, Google Telltale Games. Yeah, because about seven million news industry news uh, people ga- game um, industry news people covered that this week yeah. because holy shit, Telltale Games went under, which you Big know, story. very respected. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, no, this was a good season. Um, it was it, it was a worthy addition. I don't think season one was. Like yeah. on on reconsideration, season one was really pretty bad. Of the Netflix MCU, <coughs> yeah. I don't even know what do you call that the the NCU. <laughs> well, I mean, it's technically part of the MCU, <laughs> yeah, sort of. Technically, but everyone ignores all of it. Like yeah. in the movies, they ignore it all. So, eh, yeah. I don't know if I really. I don't know. It's weird. I don't right? know. It exists in this limbo area where nothing actually contradicts what happens in the shows in the movie, but they will also mm-hmm. never acknowledge any of it. Well, Mary was in Sokovia. So, see, that's a cheap shot, though. They're just saying words. This is true. It's, there's not any real connection. They just say it to kind of like, "Hey, guys, remember it's connected." Wink, <laughs> wink. But it's not. But it is. Yeah. Wink, wink. True. I mean, those are just silly little fan shoutouts. Like, it doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I mean, that could have been any country. Let's, let's get into spoilers. We've got like yeah, 40 we, minutes left. Um, yeah, we don't have a whole lot to say that doesn't involve spoilers. Yeah. So. so we're gonna pause for some music, and then we're gonna go in for spoilers. And we are back, and now there shall be spoilers. Yep. So, be warned, people who care about spoilers going forward. Um, Watch the show first. It is worth. Yeah, it, it's worth. It's worth seeing. Um, and if you get it spoiled, in my humble opinion, a lot of the power goes out of 
the things that are you some know, of it, yeah, happening. I mean, some so, some of it's predictable, some of it's not. I, I really, I gotta say, now that we're into the spoilers here, I don't buy Joy's total bitchiness. I don't oh, feel yeah. like that was. I don't feel like that was earned. Right. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I feel like it was a bit of a... It was jarring to me. Yeah. I was like, whoa, hey, what happened to you? Like, I know you've been through some shit, but you're basically like... You're almost a mustache-twirling villain at this yeah. point. Like, where did all that come from? Especially considering how good Danny was. Yeah, ever. nor do I really buy her redemption arc. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's all too sudden, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't really buy... Like, really, she was... She's, Acted fantastically. Oh yeah, no, I mean she does steal her scenes, but I don't believe. Yeah. But I don't. Again, it's, I have it's difficulty investing into how her character arc was written because yeah. I don't feel like it was earned. That's the thing; it's the writing. The the acting is great. Yeah, but the writing is just. Mm, I mean, it's at least at the very least, Joy had absolutely zero, zero logical reason <clears throat> for dis for being angry at Danny. Yeah, I can understand being pissed at Ward, but being mad at Danny doesn't make any sense. He showed up for a month, right, and found out a thing and was manipulated because he was so easily manipulated in that right. first season, and so and you're mad because because he didn't tell you that your dad was alive because your dad told him not to. That's really dumb. And by the way. Uh, both her and Ward treated him like utter dog shit, and he forgave them like immediately. Yeah, he was like he was the better man, despite yes. being a naive dumbass. Yes, despite being a fool and an, an idealist, he was a uh, he was a good person to them and forgave them and was able to accept them for who they are, but still want them to be better. Yeah, and I mean, despite being such a dumbass, he was actually a good example in many. Uh, a good role model in many senses, mm -hmm. which is why Ward started to get better. That like yeah. Ward's transformation, I can buy. Yes, I no, I I totally believe him because he he's been through hell and had to kill his own father for God twice, sake. twice, <laughs> just because it just didn't take the first time. <laughs> yeah, he had to. Yeah, so it's like I get it. He earned it, and again, just like Danny, he is maturing. Yes. He's not matured. I mean, especially so considering the guy's a fucking addict. Yes. In, in many senses. Uh, you know, alcoholic, sex addict, drug addict. Like, he's all the addictions. He just checks all the boxes on the form, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but he is stumbling his way through it and trying to become a better person. And that's what's so interesting about that dichotomy. Uh, or, I, I don't know. We'll just say comparison with him and, and, and his sister is she, on paper, seems like she has her shit together. But in practice, she is a fucking clusterfuck. Whereas he is very obviously not together, is battling these addictions and stuff. But in practice, he is actually, he is at least confronting it head on and trying yep. to get through it. It's messy, but he's mm -hmm. trying. He's a high functioning addict. Exactly. And he's trying to be, and he's trying to de defeat the whole <clears throat> addict part. Yes, he's trying to just have the high functioning component. Yep. You know, trying to excise the addict part. Which is very difficult, obviously. Mm -hmm. But uh, to kind of jump a bit to the end here, because I want to touch on this while we remember it, we talked about the Turk cameo and how fun that was. And part of what I really enjoyed about that was Ward's interaction with Turk. And he didn't act like he was better than him because he knew that he wasn't. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm a scumbag too. And 
Hey, in he was he was genuinely giving him good golf advice. Yes, <laughs> and that was just shoulders so down. Funny. And it's like think of sunsets. It's like we're here and we're doing a shady transaction. I'm buying some black market guns and stuff. Oh, but by the way, I see you're 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 a golfer and you're I, I'm a big golfer. It's here. Why don't you try this? This works for me. And I just thought that was that was such a weird thing to do, and I loved it. Yeah, and he's like, you sure you want a gun? I shot my dad twice. <laughs> yeah, I think I want a gun. Yeah. What kind of bullets you want? Good ones. <laughs> yeah, just the dry delivery in that is so great. I mean, because he doesn't know guns. Right. Because I mean, because Mary came up like, okay, yeah, I want this M16. Do you got armor-piercing right. rounds? Yeah, and, and the, the, the comparison between them, the contrast there is hilarious, because she's like this total pro hit woman person who knows everything about all the guns and all the ammo and everything. And then he's just kind of like, yeah, give me a good gun with good bullets. <laughs> he knows shit about it. I know very little about guns, but I know more than Ward Meacham. <laughs> yeah. uh, Again, pretty low bar. <clears throat> but yeah, that sunsets, little... too. I loved that line. Yeah, that's a great line. Yeah, that interaction was great, and that's some really good writing. Um, Plus, by the way, I want to point out uh, Ward, uh, not Ward, um, Turk does not get beaten up, does not get arrested. Mm-hmm. Turk finally comes out on top for a change. Oh, Everything's yeah, right. coming up Turk. He, 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 he successfully he, completed an arms sale without, <laughs> without getting, getting busted. Beat, without getting busted or <laughs> getting the shit beat out of him. Yep. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, props to Turk, because, my God, he was due for a break, right? Yeah. Because every other time, he was either getting the shit beat out of him, getting busted, or both. Yep. So props to Turk for, you know, winning one. <laughs> but yeah, um, the... Uh, the Colleen-Danny relationship is is interesting to me because they kind of like <clears throat> I mean, when you talk about addiction, they kind of enable one another, but they also kind of improve one another, and it's this weird thing, right? It's like you're never quite sure like if the relationship is healthy or not, <laughs> and it's like you know, there's that whole you know, and they they pretty much decided mutually to not to stop dating. Just to end their relationship around episode 10 or so. Yeah, yeah. When she starts training him, it's like, okay, well, you realize pretty much this is going to kill our relationship. Yeah, it's we, like, yeah. Because we can't properly do this if we're fucking. But we kind but but <laughs> but we kind of have to do this. this to save the world, right. so. Which, it's, it's, a, it's a cliche, but it is a cliche done in an interesting way. Yeah. Because it's like, that is a classic trope of, oh, well, for the greater good, we can't see each other anymore. But it was done in a believable way, I feel. And they didn't get back together, which is the yes, end the other of cliche. that, of yes. the, uh, which is the end part of that part. Of the, like, <clears throat> oh, we, well, would fuck the greater good, or, you know, well, really, right. I want to fuck you, but still. Uh. Yeah. Well, and, and, and from a meta perspective, I knew it was going to happen eventually. Yeah. Because they couldn't be together the whole time. It's not like they're perpetually going to be an item for the rest of the, you know, yeah. NCU, as it were. Plus, I mean, you got to have Danny team up with Luke. Right, exactly. Yeah, you got to do you got to have heroes for hire some hire going on, yeah. Which uh. I find hilarious, because he's filthy rich, but... But he did kind of walk away from the fortune, too, though. Yeah. And that's interesting, because... He, it's like he felt he I guess he felt he had to because he wanted to earn he wanted to uh, I think he said, said he wanted to understand the value of a dollar well, uh, there's, a day's work there's that aspect and then there's also just the whole 
all the obligation that comes with it yeah. too. Because it's like, yeah, you're filthy rich, but you're constantly putting out fires and dealing with bullshit. And it's like, you have to make that calculation of, you know, how much, like, is it worth it? And, like, yep. how do you want to live? And he made that decision. And it just from a from a story writing perspective, you can't have him trying to run a multinational corporation all the time if he's going to be Iron Fist. Yeah, no. It just doesn't work. Having <laughs> him have a day, having him have a day job that he can leave at a moment's notice works well for the superhero. Right, right. Yeah, so I Plus, think, that way he's less Batman. Yes, yeah, I think on all three of those fronts, he's, it is a good decision. It is a good character decision, he's less Batman, and just from practical consideration, considerations, he can just kind of walk away and do what he needs to do at a moment's notice. So, uh, fun little bits of Easter eggage. Um, you catch the name of the person um, uh, that smuggled the dead, the mummified Iron Fist corpse into America, and uh, is set up to be pro- p- potentially an antagonist in Season 3, named Orson Randall, uh, yes. who is the immortal Iron Fist. Right. Just from the 30s. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't you see the like black and white footage in Season 1 of, yeah. of him doing his thing? Yeah, yeah. that was Orson Randall that right there, baby. Cool. Yeah. Um, and um, the gun, like, channeling Iron Fist Chi through guns was his thing. Right. So the fact that Danny got to do that at the end. Also, by cool. the way, where the fuck did he get Iron Fist powers back from? It's a, This is a question that they intentionally seeded at the very last minutes of the movie, of the series. Oh. How did Danny get the fist back? Well, they don't tell you, though. No, right? I know. It's intentional. It, I mean, it's a jump thing, right? It's a time jump, isn't it? Uh, it's like six months later. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, who knows? Anything could have happened. Yeah, but it, but it's six months later. You see Colleen out there with her white iron fist and the katana, right? And Danny with his yellow iron fist. So you got to wonder: Does Davos have his red fist back? Well, didn't we? Didn't we? Uh, didn't we establish that there are two fists though? He had he had it in both hands. Okay, so no, it's I just know. I don't know how that works. It's the interesting question that that will be the I'm sure the crux of season three. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. Um, Colleen getting the fist was awesome. Yeah, and I by the way, speaking of character development and stuff, uh, I love the fact that Danny was mature enough to be like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have it. Yeah, I really don't deserve this. I'm like, a spoiled brat. <laughs> <laughs> well, not even it's not just that. It's the fact that well, I mean, he earned it. To yeah, be and, fair. I'm, and I'm addicted to it. Well, that was the thing, and that was another theme of the season was addiction. Yeah. In addition to finding oneself, which obviously those there's a lot of crossover there. Because mm-hmm. he was like, he was addicted to using it, and you know, kind of. Batmaning it up out on the streets or daredeviling it up, I yep. guess, because that was the thing is he felt he had to do all this stuff. Of course, part of that was just rationalization for him wanting to be out there using it all yeah. the time. I've got to be out there. No, got to carry just, on Matt Murdock's legacy. You just really want to be out there, Danny. Yeah. Which, you know, that's fair. That was that was Matt's deal, too. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, which is fitting considering he's carrying the torch, right? Yep. Um, that would be another great spoiler, by the way, is, you know, like. Matt Murdock is still alive. <laughs> uh, I kind of want him to die so they can bring him back to life. That'll be that'll well, be our, uh, you know that could be a spoiler for Daredevil season three discussion. Yeah, because that's coming up too soon. Teaser. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, Mary Walker. Oh my god, was so good. So good in both of her uh, in both of her 
iterations, uh, versions, characters, yeah. types, personalities. What do you oh. want to call them? Alters. <clears throat> and I, I love the fact that um, she was like, she was intelligent, or at least one of the, uh, you know, the killer one uh, was uh, like intelligent and deadly and cunning and all this. And it's like you have all this, you have you have all this crazy shit going on with like the Iron Fist powers and all this stuff. And it's like she's just a regular person. I wouldn't say regular, but you know, she's, she's a, a non supernatural, non meta, yeah. non super powered individual. And she was like, oh yeah, I, I know how to fight the guy. I, I know how to fight someone with the Iron Fist. Right. Kind of simple. You, you you control the fist, right? Because it's the fist that's powerful. The arm isn't particularly super powered. Yeah, it's like you know you hit, was, them, in their, you hit them in their weak spot for massive damage. Yeah, <laughs> and that was what was so surprising because Davos pulled out a second fist. It was like, oh, yeah, oh, two fists. Oh. Danny apparently never tried that. I guess. Oh, that's always kind of been Danny's thing. He's only ever really been able to focus it in one spot. Yeah. That's always been his weakness as the Iron Fist, like, in the comics, was that he wasn't very good at being the Iron Fist. Yeah. Because theoretically, the the immortal Iron Fist just, like, is a chi weapon of mass destruction. Right. But he's like, I, I can do the fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's that's all I got. <laughs> I got a fist. He 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 can balance it out by being one of the best martial artists in, uh, in uh, what you call it, history. In in, <laughs> in the Marvel universe. Oh yeah. He's one of the best hand to hand fighters in the Marvel universe. Right. Him, Captain America, yep. and a few others. Yeah. And of course, you know, Daredevil or not Daredevil, uh, Deadpool. Yeah. Well, funny, funny Daredevil, little, Daredevil's pretty high up there. Yeah. Funny little tangent, by the way. Uh, Taskmaster cannot emulate Deadpool's because he is insane. Exactly. Uh, Often he doesn't know what he's going to do next. <laughs> Therefore, yeah, he can't. Yeah, I always loved that. That was a uh, that was a little weakness there is that he could you know he could not actually do Deadpool yeah, stuff. He can't do pull off Deadpool because who the fuck understands Deadpool? In any case, yeah. um, other little fun but little yeah. thing. I found a fun YouTube channel called Fact Fiend where I've been getting a lot of interesting tidbits of completely worthlessly useless knowledge and it's been fantastic <laughs> so you know obviously if he's listening to this podcast he's somewhere out in Scotland um yep I'm totally stealing your shit yeah I loved uh I loved Walker it was yeah she was great because like Mary was so hi I'm Mary <laughs> well it's what's interesting about it is that like I, I the impression I got mm-hmm. was that Mary was really that like naive and innocent or whatever. But then Walker would know that and weaponize that. You know, she would be. You know, it would be kind of like okay, well, like I'm gonna. You know, here comes the mask of of like helplessness and innocence for a while, and then I'll bide my time and I'll come back and I'll do my thing. Yeah, you except know? she didn't. She didn't have any control over. It. That was the thing. Well, yeah. But, I mean, she would try to, like, manipulate it as best she could. She would try to, like... She would try to stop from becoming Mary for as long as possible. And she would, like... Similarly, Mary would try to stop from becoming yeah, Walker. It was a constant weird tug-of-war going on. Yeah. Like, and that was the opening scene, wasn't it? Was Mary with her little notes that she'd written, you know? Well, with notes that Walker had left for Mary, it turned out, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Was yeah. the idea. 
it was kind of like Memento where it was like, don't trust this person, do this thing, don't do this thing, yeah. stuff like that, you know. Yeah, it was a very weird mm-hmm. opening scene. So, Davos steals the Iron Fist. We haven't really talked much about Davos. Let's get into Davos. Yeah, Davos is the weakest part of this entire series show. Pretty much. And by the way, speaking of tropes and predictable things, it's like, oh, the hero must defeat the shadow version of himself or herself. Gee, imagine that. Uh, You know, we haven't seen that in, like, everything ever. Most recently, I think, Black Panther, where it's like, (laughs) oh, hey, I have to fight the bad panther and a cgi fest and it's like yeah. hey i like black panther now the movie's great don't get me wrong but it's just that i think that we, got, was, we got a chance to review that one that was one of the that was one of the weaker sequences ironically was the big final fight in my opinion yeah like the actual waterfall fight was a lot more interesting yeah well, i mean you know he's going to come back obviously but it's cool to see him lose and shit and yeah it's interesting you know i'm kidding we are vegetarians <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, um, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to be too hard on it because it was a logical choice. It, yeah. Structurally, it made the story work. Uh, they needed, and, and they had set up Davos as a, yeah. as a and villain. He's a giant one. fucking loose end. So, yeah, yeah you got to kind of address that. They had, just like they've got kind of Orson Randall kind of set up to probably be an antagonist for season three. Yeah. In the stinger at the end of the last episode... Davos had pro- approached Joy and said, "Oh, you're pissed. Let's do it." But, like, but the problem that the, my whole thing was, Joy had no reason to be pissed. But that's beside the point. Um, yeah. Ironically, with her name being Joy, she was yeah. one of the most joyless characters. It's like, okay, so we need a copper bowl and a tattoo done with traditional sticks, with blood and a bit of an iron fist brand. And then you've got to, like, do a chakra so weird. point thing and you steal the magic. That was one, okay. of, the, that was one of the few things that I uh, that really bothered me about this season is it kind of cheapens the idea of the Iron Fist and all the, like, tradition and history. And If you can just, oh, well, if you just do the right tattoos and voodoo, you can just switch it over to someone else. Yeah. And it's like, Really? Like, you can just transfer this stuff. I thought it was supposed to be this, like, cheese, soul, meaningful thing. It's like, nope, you can just do a magic spell and tattoos and boom, it's on someone else now. Yep. No matter how unworthy they are, just yep. like Davos. And I'm like, really? Really, guys? Although I will say this. I loved the fight with the tattoo artists and Misty and Colleen. That was friggin' baller. <laughs> that was... So, that choreography and, was on and, point. and once... And, and back to the series' credit... Yeah. Series season one was the best when they had long drawn out fight scenes because they had really good fight choreography. Yeah. Season two realized this. Right. There were a lot more fight scenes. Right. Which is what you want. Which I gotta say, I want the show more is fight called scenes. Iron Fist, and it's about a martial artist. Yeah, it's about. It's, yeah, you want that. I want more fight scenes per minute than I want boardroom drama. Yes, exactly. That was the problem with season one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's kind of like how, you know, Star Wars prequels could have done with a little less people sitting around tables talking, a little more lightsabers and pew-pew, you know? Yes. Um. <laughs> but yeah, there's some drama. There's some great... Uh, there's some great fights in this one, and uh, called the Immortal Iron Tie. 
Uh, <laughs> well, and of course, part of it is just a natural progression because people yeah. are more experienced and know how to handle themselves. Yeah. And he's got more, he knows how to use the fist properly now. And that was another issue, by the way, of season one is for most of the show, the Iron Fist is not used at all ever. Yeah. And it's called Iron Fist, for God's sake. He has difficulty lighting like, it up. And yeah, he has performance issues for over half the season, and it's like, okay, I get it. Like, I'm kind of tired of this. Do something. Take Do some Iron Fist Viagra already. Yeah, just, yeah, pop the pill and fucking punch somebody already. Yeah, it's getting tiring, man. Admittedly, he, like, that was the thing. Danny never punched anyone with the Iron Fist, except for Luke. He punched a wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really do much punching with it. Yeah, but uh, punched a door in episode two, the bad, the really bad episode of season one. Oh yeah, where it was in the mental institution. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, oh, a special message in the M and M's, guys. Oh my god, it that made me nearly, you know, that made me want to go to an institution. I got very close to giving up. <laughs> it was so it, bad. But I was like, okay, it's for the podcast. Watch the rest. <laughs> <laughs> way to and it was okay, it, and I mean, and it had some good like. After that, it did start to pick up, too, but... Yeah. Still, season one sucked. Um, yep, moving on. I don't know, I, I just... My train of thought just derailed. Give well, we're talking about Davos. Yeah. Overall. Davos... <sighs> like, Davos was a problem. Yeah. For a lot... Like, it's like, I'm just doing what you can't, brother! It's like... Well, it's not that he can't; it's that, it's he, that he knows he shouldn't. Yeah, it's that he doesn't. Yeah, big difference. That—that's that, the thing. Like, it, Danny, all Danny really needed to do was be like, "No, I know I could put an end to the Triad War in like three days by killing everyone." Right. By but the way, that's the easy way. That was. That that's was not the, the right way. That was the thing that occurred to me. It's like, <coughs> can you imagine if the Punisher was handling the situation? Talk about a different approach. Yeah, the Punisher <laughs> would have just killed everyone. He would have just waited until they're fighting and then blown them all up at the same time. Like he would just you yeah. know, explode and shoot them. He wouldn't have cared about the Triad War much either, though. Well, that's true. I guess he may not even he would approach have the problem. He would take he's like, advantage of it. He's like, "What's the problem? He there are just, a bunch of bad guys killing each other. That's yeah. a good thing." <laughs> now, there's obviously the potential for collateral damage and everything, so there's that. Yeah, but, but does but. Frank Castle doesn't care too much about collateral damage. Well, he cares to an extent. Yeah, but not too much. Eh, I don't know. It's hard to gauge that. And of course, it, it all comes down to what iteration of Frank we're talking about. That's also true. Because in Netflix, he actually does care about it a pretty good deal. Yeah. He's he's as careful as he can be while being reckless, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a thing. I'm not talking about the version of Frank Castle that became black for a while. What? I've told you this story before. I'm sure you have, but... Frank Castle, if for a little bit, because he was wanted by the FBI, had his oh, skin darkened. Right. You told me about that. And... The ridiculous... Teamed up for a little bit with Luke Cage. Oh, God. Um, you know, you look back at the history of comics, and it's not pretty. It's just not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really isn't. It's a very funny and very bizarre uh, yeah. series of, like, two or three comics. Um. Wow. But yeah. Wow. In any case, um, the 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 thing I have with the, the problem I have with Davos is that I don't know. Like, well, by, 
By definition, he's one note. Yeah. That's that's a big pro- part of the problem for me. Yeah. He's he he's not very interesting because he's just like doing that one thing in different ways and like kind of like exact. He's becoming a cartoon version of himself. Yep. Over over the course, which of is the ironic show. because you know it's based off a comic book and yet we complain about it getting cartoony. Um, but yeah, that was, but that's actually really been the strength of the Netflix series is by humanizing right. these comics. Well, here's the thing, though, right? There's a lot of things that I don't care if they're cartoony. Like, the Iron Fist power is very cartoon. It's just, hey, it's a glowy fist and, and magic happens. And things go boom. Right, and that's great. I, I, I'm, I'm on board for that. But when you have all these, like, interesting, well-acted, well-casted, nuanced characters, yeah. and then there's this one guy sticking out like a giant fucking sore and thumb. His, yeah, and his whole deal is, I'm mad because you left, and, and I feel like you're squandering your power. Yeah. And then what does he do with his power? I mean, he goes Spons- out and murders a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and it kind of culminates in that scene where, like, he kills that poor dude who's just a fucking business owner in the community. Yeah. Like, he's like, hey, I don't take sides. I'm just trying to survive. And bam, he just fucking, like, guts him. If you're not on my... If you're not for me, you're against me, bastard! Only Siths deal in absolutes. Yes. Wait, isn't that an absolute? Pay no attention to what I said. (laughs) Only a Sith deals in absolutes. One of the worst lines ever. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's great, personally. Uh, (laughs) It's like... No, he's not being ironic. He's just really bad at writing. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know why we keep talking about. The, at least <laughs> I keep talking Wars about the Star Wars prequels. prequels. <laughs> well, is it? I think I know. It's because if you need an example of a ham-fisted or ineffective thing, it is so obvious to reference. This is true. It's like, oh, I need an example of bad writing. There you go. I need an example of uh, wasted time. Okay. Like. Anyway, <laughs> we're we're moving on. We're not going to get into the. Yeah, rabbit should, hole of the prequels. We should probably do that. <laughs> um, we're kind of running lowish on time, and by lowish, I mean we have uh, 15 minutes left. Okay. Well, um, honestly, that's plenty of time because we've said the major things. Yeah. We can we can delve a little deeper on some of these things, but we we've given the major impressions and we've covered. Well, we didn't talk a whole lot about Misty Knight, I guess. We can kind of expand on her a bit. Misty shows up. She's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I'm out of things to say now because <laughs> like that that pretty much sums it up. Well. I mean, Misty's always awesome. Yeah, she is. They they did, and they set this up in the uh, in the Luke Cage in Luke Cage season two. She has the decision to make of does and she, she want to become the, a captain? Yeah, does she become a captain or not? And she basically made it, and the decision is no. In, in this, yeah, and uh, in, in this, and they talked about that, and one of, that was one of the more significant things that her and uh, Colleen talked about. Mm-hmm. And it, there, there's some, it's not exactly, obviously not a perfect parallel, but there's some parallel uh, between her choosing whether she wants to be captain or not and Danny choosing whether he wants to be like running the company or not, or not. Mm-hmm. And, and to even have the Iron Fist or not. Yeah. yeah. And again, it goes back to that theme of, you know, self-discovery and all that, and, you know, yep. crossroads and all that. Um, she's not cut out to work a desk. No, she's not. And she's just, and also she just, it's just a visceral thing of, after the corruption that she's seen with like her former partner and everything, mm-hmm. she's just, I don't think she has the stomach for it, which is ironic because she's so, she's such a tough person on the street doing her thing. Yeah. But I don't know if she's really built to like maneuver those bureaucratic corrupt, you know, roads, you know, like she's just like, 
I feel like it would suck the life out of her, and it's like that's mm-hmm. part of. She acknowledges that, and she's like, I, I maybe I could like you know do a good job of that for like five minutes. She's a cop, and that would be crap. done forever. Yeah. Whereas she can do her thing now for the rest of her life, the rest of her career anyway, and actually like continue to do it well. You know, mm. she needs a new arm, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, man, she's going through those arms like uh, you know once a season. <laughs> it's like they're gonna break Rand Enterprises at this rate. Well, I mean, and Danny got a suit, got a bionic knee too. So. Well, the the solution is to make one so awesome that it will not just break again. Yeah. And she did get an upgrade, I guess. Yep. But yeah, that well, the bionic knee. Let's clarify that for a second. He gets injured by Davos. Davos breaks his knee. Yeah. Um, and they put a special Rand Tech super brace on it. But and drive screws into his leg. So it's not really it's not it's not like it's a full on shadow run like I have a mechanical knee now, it's just kinda like it's like an enhanced like recovery well, process, it's, right? It's like the it's like the knee brace and it, it it reminds me a lot of the knee brace, etc. in the dark knight. Oh yeah. Um when he kinda got like you you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, that, that, that's, when that's he got what, all Howard Hughes and was like not going out of the mansion and that's how it struck me at least to yeah. a certain extent right um, yeah but I don't know like it's like thanks to this Rand Tech advanced knee brace I'm back up on it's my a, feet it's a bit of a MacGuffin it's really thanks to this fairy dust I'm back up on my yeah, feet yeah thanks to this pot device yeah Thanks to the applied phlebotanum, I'm back on my feet and we can continue being in a show as opposed to me having to right. be in, in recovery for six months. It's like, uh, it's like And a, on a cane for the rest of my life. Yeah, well, they're not exactly going for uh, realism when you're, you know, magical kung fu stuff. <laughs> this is true. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's like, it reminds me of um, Justice League where Flash asks Bruce Wayne, what's your super and he goes, I'm rich. Yep. And it's like, well... That's there's his rich superpower coming through again. That's an adequate superpower. Yes, yeah, it certainly is. It's your superpower. Well, I'm rich. <laughs> and a, a lot of the old style, like early 20th century superheroes, like uh, uh, Green Hornet and stuff, that was their superpower. They were just rich and they kind of knew how to fight and they had some guns and shit. And they just went in there and did stuff. Yeah. Hi, I have the means to be a superhero, so I'm a gonna. Right. It's just. I, you know, I feel like being a superhero, so I'm going to be one, because I can just finance it and will it into being. Mm-hmm. Yep. Speaking of, that Seth Rogen Green Hornet movie was actually pretty good. It was, yeah. I expected it to be kind of pretty crappy. It was, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't mind-blowing or anything, but considering my expectations... It was fun, and, and Christoph Waltz was fantastic. Like, well, I mean, I, Christoph Waltz always is always fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a given. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was I, I a really, lot of fun as the villain. Yeah, I enjoyed that movie a lot more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And it's fitting too with the way because you know people are like, oh, Seth Rogen, I can't buy him as an ass kicker. And it's like, well, if you go back to the source material, it was all Kato. Yep. It, Green Hornet didn't really kick much ass. He just kind of you know he kicked a little butt here and there. And yeah, like, but Kato was like, Bruce get goddamn fucking Lee. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> get him, Kato. It's like, all right. Yeah, he did all the real ass kicking. Yep. Green Hornet just you know got his. Uh, had a, mask a, had a mask and a gas gun. He had the branding. Yeah, Kato is really the one doing the heavy lifting. Yep. Heavy kicking. <laughs> and they did it again in, in the movie, which was just yep. kind of great. Um, man, we are very tangential today. 
Eh, I mean, we're always tangential to a degree. But, yeah. And part of it is the subject matter. Yeah. Whenever you start talking about a superhero thing, there it's are e- it's so, easy many, to, so many threads you can it's pull e- off. It's, it's easy to, to, to fall Some are more relevant yeah. than others, admittedly. But, yeah, my I think really we could just probably cut it off here. Um, final analysis, season yeah. two was really... Was, like yeah, do, season two is worth it. Final thoughts time. We've pretty much covered all the main stuff. Yeah, and that's the thing too is like the things that you're least interested in, you're not going to talk a lot about. Like Davos, okay, he was one note. Yeah, he was a thing that happened. I uh, my own and like when it came to Walker, there was one other thing I wanted to mention, which was yeah, they really like Walker's like this ultra pragmatic uber bitch, mm-hmm. right? Like that's her thing. Yeah. She shouldn't have tried to keep killing Davos at the end there, so they had to reactivate her Mary personality. They really should have just been like, look, help us hold him down so we can steal his magic. Right. We've got it. We just need a... We just... Just, you know... That was like kind of like one of those sitcom, like, unnecessary misunderstanding situations. Yes, exactly. I like. It's like, just say the thing. Just say yeah. the thing. Yes. Yeah. Hey, we, we've, got, we've got a strategy... Help us execute it, keep and alive. he won't be an issue it's like, anymore. Keep him alive, please. We'll pay a little extra. All right, we yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was my one problem that I had with Mary was like, at the end, they like there was no reason for that little bit of yeah. extra nonsense at the end. Yeah, it was just kind of like you know, drama for the sake of drama. Yep. Yeah. But season two, worth it in yeah, my opinion. Season two, um, like well, it's like our basic, uh, you know. Um, summarized thoughts is what we mentioned earlier, which mm-hmm. is season two, you may rewatch. Mm-hmm. Season one, you're never going to rewatch. I probably actually will rewatch season two when, when season three comes up. Yeah. Or at least I'll cherry pick some episodes <clears throat> to watch. Well, yeah, a lot happened, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of development. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a few things about it that, you know, we already touched on that were flawed, you know. A few silly choices here and there. Davos wasn't terribly interesting. Uh, enjoy kind of you know had an unearned fall and quasi redemption question mark it was hard to buy her (laughs) yeah she was just it's like it it felt like everyone else everyone else's characters both off screen and on screen had time to breathe and do their thing and develop whereas she's just kind of like flip a switch flip a switch yeah and that was I, I of all the criticisms that's probably the biggest for me was the lack of believability there, mm-hmm. considering they took a show that was very uneven and a lot of unbelievable things and then made it believable, which is pretty impressive given the mm-hmm. short period of time in which they did it. But yeah, overall, like, worth watching, maybe even worth rewatching. A lot better in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a, nice, a, lot of, a lot of nice, fun little, like, Easter eggs and asides with, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, of course, the ending sequence was awesome, you know, where... And, and by the way, I just Colleen channels her th- her the her fist through a sword, and Danny cho- channels his through a pair of nineteen elevens. First of all, just the ten year old me is like that's fucking awesome. But aside from just the just the you know superficial stuff, I love. I think my favorite part of that ending sequence was how like Ward had been through so much and was just so tired and dejected, and it's just like, like look, guys. oh god. And and then Danny's like, okay, you're coming with me, dude. And he's like, I'm not coming with you. And then he's coming with him. And yeah. it's like they just do this awesome like globe trotting bromance thing. They yeah. kind of bond, and you you see like it's it's just so refreshing. And, and, the, and Ward's like, I got this, and it's like, 
<laughs> okay, Danny, I don't got this. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and again, and that is kind of the recurring theme is like, he, he's it's like he's trying he's trying so hard, but he's still kind of a fuck up. Well, no, in this particular case, he wasn't a fuck up. He was just like fu- he he reached fuck it. Well, it's yeah. like okay, yeah, reason stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, we tried being reasonable. Right, right. I tried being nice, talking to you, just trying to. Get, so now. I gotta bring in the guy with the fist and the guts. The gloves come off, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see you know where that goes. That'll be fun. So yeah, also excited to see season uh, season three of Daredevil. Watch the show. Don't bother watching season one if you haven't. Just watch the recap. That's the takeaway here, yeah. folks. Well, there's one episode of season one that's really worth watching and that was the se- that was the episode where pretty much the entire episode was him fighting the drunken master okay that was a great episode that is worth watching that was a great fight at least yeah if nothing else <laughs> it's entertaining <laughs> yeah but mostly because hey drunken boxing is always fun to watch exactly so that's it um in two weeks it will be october so we are going to begin our october themed episodes <laughs> So, Easy there, uh, Vincent Price. Yeah, so um, we'll uh, see you next time. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter I and the number 55. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm. Ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. Interstitial this week was Floating Cities, also by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. We read everything. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website, a recurring one at, or a reoccurring one at Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. Watch all!